Hey everyone, welcome back to Pretending with Dice. As always, I'm your host, AJ. Uh, I'm joined again for the intro of this episode by your GM for this uh, Shadowrun storyline, Eden. Uh, how's it going, man? Hello, I'm pretty good. Welcome back, ladies and gents. Well, welcome for the first time. Yes. Go back an episode. <laughs> back for the second intro in a row as well. Indeed, indeed. Yes, we're back for Shadowrun. I was going to say, yeah, okay, so what I wanted to ask you in this episode, well, I, th- I feel like we're going to be kind of in the over these intros kind of drip feeding out of you kind of like a mini interview <laughs> yeah, but um i thought what i'd do is ask what what was your um inspiration for kind of the the sort of country village in england sort of setting because um traditionally obviously shadow runs like big city kind of uh west coast america sort of thing and mm-hmm. we're in a completely different <laughs> sort of side of the world for this sort of thing so well, that was very much the first thought on my mind. Was that I've played all of the Shadowrun games, the ones on uh, PC. So, um, Shadowrun Returns, Shadowrun Hong Kong, and Shadowrun Dragonfall. Dragonfall takes place in Berlin. Uh, the first one takes place in Seattle, and the last one is in Hong Kong, unsurprisingly. And all of these are like major city sprawls with like all of the crushing, horrible sense of humanity piled on top of each other. It's a very oppressive, very kind of like. I think um, Cyberpunk, the the trailer for that came out not too long ago, and it, I assume you've seen that. I have, yeah. Oh, and the, and, and it, that, the big city kind of stuff does go well with that sort of genre. Exactly. And I thought, for a change, especially because of where we live and everything, I sort of looked around the world around me and thought, well, what would happen if the town we lived in went into Cyberpunk land? And I couldn't picture quite i couldn't see it getting to that level of like it wouldn't be a sprawl it mm. couldn't be a sport for sprawl around here and there's certain parts of terrain and what have you that are just not good to build on and certain abbas and the surrounding areas in dorset it's hills it's grassland it could be built on but it'd be a hell of a lot of work and really in terms of like this notion of magic coming back and maybe some some takes on alternate history like say potentially having come true which was obviously hinted at with the whole certain abbas giant like whether or not it had magical powers. I quite liked the idea that like, for a brief period, a small part of this country that is otherwise fairly untraveled, like it, certain Abbas is a very small village. It's yeah, like, it's pretty remote and, I mean, it's, fa- it's fairly famous because of the giant, but I feel it's a small village and it's it's out of the way in that, isn't it? And, that's it, if you look at it on Google Maps, then it's pretty much a high street and a few like suburb areas off the side of the high street. And that's it. You can drive in and out of the place within three minutes. I mean, so really, you kind of you had the the choice of like, well, you can either make our town bigger, or we can just go smaller. That's it. And I, I figured that a small town where yes, it's been escalated. Yes, the place grew compared to what it was. And yes, there's certain elements of magic and the seediness that's from the sprawls and what have you. But it's not quite the same thing. It's still a little bit closer to what we've got going right now. And. The, um, I think I don't think I mentioned on the last recording, but I did use the Shadowrun London sourcebook from 1993 mm. as some of the inspiration for some of this. And reading that was very much like it was like a, a mental time traveling task almost of like reading this and feeling like, okay, yeah, the, the way they describe this is basically if you take 1993 Britain and then just put orcs and dwarfs and stuff into it. Like, they, they treated it very much like the British don't change, we're all stiff upper lip, and when the magic came back, we all just kind of stomped our feet and went, nope, nope, this is how we do it here, we're not going to even react to that. We're going to pretend like nothing's happening. I mean, it's a fairly, you know, I would think fairly uh, decent um, assumption to make, really. Oh yeah, I, I love it as far as, like, taking the cliche of what the British character is and just going, yeah, yeah, we, we basically stuck to our guns, and we, we kept a lot of racial tensions and, and other social issues, but when it came to the magic-related things, that was never a problem. It just became part of the way things are. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, t- taking that small-town mentality, that, that kind of that notion of a, a run-down village, I, I quite like that idea. Yeah, I like the idea from a character standpoint. Like, it was almost... I mean, Giles' backstory, I can't remember quite how far Jason went into it, but at least for mine, it was kind of a... Um, kind of a bit of like an escape to the countryside sort of deal going on and I think it worked quite well for that of like yeah my guy's on the run from some a couple of London orcs <laughs> and um, hiding out in a little Dorset village is probably the best place for him sort of exactly like, it's, it's perfect for, to get away from that kind of 
I don't know, the big gangs and what have you, they don't quite operate this far out, or at least not in the same way. I mean, you, again, I'm not going to spoil anything, but these guys, like, when their approach to, like, finding out what was going on is concerned, it wasn't necessarily the most stringent approach, let's say. No, I think, I think listeners will kind of have guessed that from the first part. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, should we have a bit of a recap of last time, and then we'll jump into this episode then? Certainly, yeah, I'll give you a quick rundown. Yeah. Okay, so we joined our characters, uh, Giles and... Oh, God. Say less. Say less. I was terrible during the recording. It happened a lot. Let me start that again so you can edit this sentence out. No, it's funny. We'll leave it in. Ah, Fair enough. I can look terrible. It's fine. Uh, So we joined Giles and Salus. Sorry, there we go. (laughs) Uh, As they were driving into town being driven by a taxi driver who made no judgement at all based on their sexuality and simply left them to their conversation. So the guys got dropped off by their taxi driver at the Giants Inn, which is run by a guy named Tommy. Tommy explained to them that there was a local woman that he was trying to uh, keep under his protection because she'd ran up a debt working at a local clinic, which she was basically running out of her own pocket, accruing black market debts, and getting herself into a spot of trouble. That debt had been bought up by a local, uh, well, I don't want to call him a pimp because we don't quite know that, but he's, he's a dodgy character named Dieter. Uh, Dieter works for a guy named Oskins that Tommy has had history with. Tommy went on to explain that these are the guys to keep an eye out for and that there is a big woman named Dasher that works for the two of them that is very dangerous and to very much be kept away from. Uh, these guys didn't really seem to like, well, I'd say Silas was a little bit wary about that, but Giles didn't seem to give a damn about any of it. He was more interested. I mean, Silas is pretty wary about everything, really. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about that. He's, he's a very, uh, I don't know, I don't, touchy? Is that the right word? Maybe, maybe a sensitive soul, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah I'll go, let's go with that. <laughs> uh, so the guys went upstairs, prepped their stuff, and headed out into the night to check out the club where the uh, events were taking place. Um, Dieter Oskins and Dasher all work at a place called the Giant Sin, specifically named to uh, irritate Tommy, because obviously you've got the Giant's Inn, the Giant Sin, a lot of confusion potential there. Uh, they arrived and Giles set to work quite rapidly, wooing just about everybody in sight, including Dasher, to the point that Dasher had a, a very hard time coping with quite all of this attention, because she's not the type of girl that gets that normally, and Giles was laying it on thick. Very, very thick. I think he, he very quickly realised that would be a way to throw her off um, off kilter a little. <laughs> oh, he made a good call. So uh, the guys headed into the bar from there, checked out the place a little bit, ran into a na- guy named Shuhan who could fit them in. Go back an episode if you didn't. If you've not listened to this one already, go back. Yeah, it should have gone without saying really, but if you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to part one. <laughs> you, you won't get all the puns otherwise. <laughs> um... They had a little altercation with him, went to the bar, had a chat with a guy named um, Bert, who explained the uh, the ongoings in the bar, gave him a little bit of a rundown of who's the movers and shakers in the place, who does what, how he ended up working there, which is neither here nor there. Um, and we left the guys with uh, Giles left in the bar, kind of carousing and like chatting to uh, Bert, trying to get a little bit more information out of him. And Silas had gone off with a, uh, a madam named Vanda. Um, Vanda had been described as a slightly older lady who was uh, maybe a bit matronly. And uh, Silas had described that he, the service he was looking for was uh, a story of some sort. So Vanda had settled him down, tucked him into bed, and was just about to tell the story. The legend of the East Enders. <laughs> and that's where we'll be rejoining things. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's where we left off. So, okay, uh, without any further ado, uh, let's get into today's episode. As you lay down in the bed, she pulls the covers up, 
they they feel ever so slightly damp. Uh, that's that's rather disturbing. <laughs> oh, don't worry about that. It's just it's just a hot place. This you you do you you'll be I feel off like the I feel it through lazy. my coat and everything. Mm-mm. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it's it's that kind of like it's it's almost humid in this. Now that she's closed <laughs> the curtains in particular, it's almost like the air just suddenly stagnated. Oh, it's a little warm in here. <laughs> okay, so are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. Once upon a time, there was. A pair of brothers, and their names were the Mitchells, and they were hard men, the hardest of men. She looks at you like, kind of like, are you are you on board with the story? <laughs> I kind of, I, I feel like Salas has probably heard of EastEnders, but it's, this is this is like fairly old stuff at okay. this point. But if you if you're well versed no, no, in your kind of Matrix stuff, maybe you I can justify know, knowing. That's the thing. Salas is. Let me read you the the. The skills I took as okay. um, knowledge skills. I've got. I can speak English and Spirithial. It's just um, wonderful. This mm-hmm. whole thing. <laughs> but I'm in into BTLs, which is obviously full immersion. Old, uh, alternate like, reality, like yeah, yeah, but like historical fantasy. Okay. Ones. And also just random gaming of World of Shadows, which I I, I read as like a edgy vampire yeah, thing, yeah. really. Um, <laughs> He's almost like a Shadowrunner fanboy yeah. that became a Shadowrunner. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> yeah. Um, but other than that, he sort of knows West European history. Okay. Um, classical music. And he, he's used to, if he does go out um, to bars and clubs there, elf bar and clubs. So this is, like I say, right. very out of his element here. Okay. But I, I can believe then, based on the fact that you know Western history. Yeah. I like the idea that EastEnders has become something of like an apocryphal tale of here's how it was before the magic so kind came of back. Culturally notable sort of Yeah, so now we have like these gangers, we have people with guns, magic, all of this stuff. But once upon a time it was just the Mitchell brothers. <laughs> and they was the hardest of them all. And they would run into pub with their mum. And she continues on and basically narrates an episode of EastEnders to you. It's incredibly mundane. It's just people bitching at each other. At this point in EastEnders history, let's say it's the bit where um, Martine McCutcheon has been pushed down the stairs and it's the legend of how like the whole Mitchell family went into disarray and all of that, all of those events are taking place. Truly a historical saga for the ages. Oh yes, this one has been handed down through the generations. I'm lucky to have seen the actual footage myself. It's a There's rare footage. Yes, as I said, the videos. Wow. Yes, they they documented times back then. They said they showed the whole world what the Mitchells were up to. So it, it's, it's just to clarify. <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> This is effectively viewed as being like a a, a historical text of sorts, right? At, at least in this woman's mind, this is the best okay. thing. Keep in mind that Vander is a long-time operator of a brothel and isn't necessarily the most learned of individuals. Are you saying she's not a reliable historian? Mm. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Fair enough. Do, do you think as uh, as Salus has knowledge of uh, what actual Western history, he would be able to, after a little while, realise that maybe this isn't historical fact that's oh, being told to him. Absolutely. Okay. But you know, you are aware that EastEnders was like an entertainment product. Yeah. Of its time. Whereas maybe she's not fully aware. Of yeah. That. So okay. how you want to react? That's up to you. So okay. Good. Okay. So fairly early on in her telling of the story of the Mitchell brothers, mm-hmm. um, it kind of twigs in Salus's mind of like. Oh wait, I've heard of this. This was a light entertainment program, but she's severely misunderstood. Um, so while I'm, he's kind of like, oh, and sort of nodding along, he's trying to think, how the hell am I going to get out of this bed and find out how to talk to Dita? <laughs> I don't know why you go in the bed. So, um, so you're just going to lay there and hear the story. I'm and, hearing uh, the story, and in my head, I'm trying to sort of put together of like, okay, well. I need to get <laughs> I need to get some useful information not just about Martin McCutcheon as useful as that this information might moment. be <laughs> as useful as that information might be it's not really relevant to our current problem here mm-hmm. in Cern Abbas is it um, okay so as she kind of finishes the story then 
Um, Sailor says, uh, "Oh, well, that was that was wonderful. Did did the other people in here also like uh, like hearing stories from you?" Nah, they bloody hate it. They don't want to talk to me about nothing. They don't trust me for good reason, quite frankly. Oh, good. What you seem you seem perfectly lovely to me. What's the? Oh, you're, you're. And she she kind of gets a little bit kind of flustered again. There's there, there's a just this hint that she desperately wants to be treated like she used to be once upon a time, perhaps. Okay. Oh well, that's that's very kind of you to say, love. Um, well, they don't they don't trust me because quite frankly, I'm the one in charge. I talk to the boss. I let him know what's going on and that gets me favours. That's why I'm allowed to wear this gown like I do and uh, not really uh, look after myself quite as much as the others. Oh, well, that's um, that's a real shame that they uh, ostracise you like that. <laughs> ah, it's all right. I don't really care, love. I've got my stories. Does the, I mean, the boss, does he like your stories, though? Um, I'm mostly, uh, I don't really talk that much with Dieter. He likes to keep it related to business for the most part. He's, he's in and out of here quite quick. But, um, he, yeah. does, he doesn't stay here very long, then? Well, he comes in for a drink. He, he usually has a little look around, makes sure the, the uh, stock's in keeping and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, and then he buggers off. Oh. Usually out into the back office, in fairness. So it's, it's not like he doesn't look after the place or nothing. Back office, you say? Hmm. I tell you, <laughs> I I once went to a club uh, in uh, in the in the city, and uh, the, uh, the the manager of that club, well, he was always out and about, one of the thin gentlemen in the stripy trousers, uh, hmm. talking to all the people. Well, now Dieter's not really like that. He, as I say, he stays in the back office. Uh, the boss, Boss Hoskins, is a bit more gregarious. He's he's out here chatting to the lads and lasses a little bit more. He likes to sample the product now and again. Oh, but that's you might catch him later on. Oh, he sounds like a very interesting fellow. Well, you want to be careful talking to him. He's got a bit of a temper and a lot of history around these parts. Lived here his whole life. He's been running things for quite a long time alongside Dieter, yes. Oh, is, uh, is he is he often on the premises as well, then, you say? Yeah, yeah, he usually comes and goes with Dieter. Those two are quite inseparable for the most part. Not often I see him, uh, like, aside from when they're actually in the building, I don't see him separated that much. Well, uh, it's good that he kept the business local. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, if you say so. Uh, you want another story? I mean, um... And she kind of looks at her wrist in a way... Like she's not wearing a watch, but she looks at her wrist. And, okay. uh, you know, time's money and all that. Um, no, I think I'll take some time to really assimilate the, the saga of the, the Mitchell brothers and their staircase. Um, and the, the pub, all oh, that pub... Wow. Yeah. Oh no, it's a good one, love. In fact, if you want to ruminate on that for a little while, I've, I've, you paid for enough time that like this story didn't take quite as long as it might have done. And if you don't need me for nothing else, I'm going to go back outside and have a fag. So uh, if you want to tuck in, and she pulls the blanket up to your chin, says, and my special little boy can have a nice little sleep if he wants. Oh, that would be wonderful. Oh, well, I'll, I'll leave you to it then. And she plants a soft kiss on your forehead and taps you on the cheek and goes, you are my special boy. Oh, thank you. I make a sh- as soon as she leaves, I kind of just immediately get out of the bed. And yeah, she she <laughs> wanders out of the uh, the curtain, and you immediately hear like the the cracking of a lighter. Yeah, and she's leaned immediately against the wall, directly okay. outside the curtain. I kind of put my head in my hands a little bit and go. Oh, if only I hadn't taken that damn loan from those. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is there any element of the, the talk of the Mitchell brothers making you think? <laughs> yeah, of these no, that other really guys? did. Yeah, no, that that sparked some thoughts of like she was like they were the the hardest boy, hardest men around. And as soon as she said the Mitchell brothers, he was like Mitchell Mackenzie brothers. Oh, Mackenzie brothers. Oh God, you know, <laughs> a couple of hard London boys. Except these are a couple of hard London orcs. You know, basically is the. <laughs> In fact, no, they pretty much look like the Mitchell brothers. (laughs) (laughs) They went through the change. (laughs) Cool, right, okay. So, um, your character is going to be sat in that room for a moment. Do you guys, well, what do you want to do from there, in fairness? I shouldn't remove away from you yet. So, she's actually outside of the curtain. Yeah, so, I mean, you can walk straight out if you like, but you might... Do I see anywhere I could plug my deck in? Um, <clears throat> there's nowhere to plug in, but there is wireless, So, and there's some checking your uh, deck. You can see that there's a connection that you can get onto. Okay. Uh, it's 
says Giant Sin as it's kind of like the router name or whatever it is in this mm. future. Future Tech router <laughs> is, is named the Giant Sin. Yeah. So, and you can log on to it, but it appears to be, um, given your expertise, you, you can see that the connection will be quite limited and that it's basically an intranet that you'll be connecting to. Okay. I have skill in hacking. Mm-hmm. Can I try and get into like the admin side of things? Yep. Um, it's not going to be anything too complicated because okay. this is not like the, this is not a proper cybersecurity outfit. They're, it's a whorehouse. They're not really yeah. expecting anybody to be breaking into their computer systems to figure out what's going on there. So, yeah. um, what's your um, My what, what are your dice. relevant skills? Uh, well, I've got a hacking, which would be a pool of twelve dice. Woof. Uh, I've got electronic warfare, which would be a pool of eight dice. So you know what? Stop. <laughs> you hacked the system. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because I was going to be like, uh, it's, it's a low-level computer. We're basically talking about an office Windows machine that you're basically breaking into. And what you're describing is like, no, no, I know how to program a computer. Okay, okay. so here's what I want to do then. So I, I set up, immediately go to log into the system. And just on a whim, when it asks for password, I just type password. <laughs> <laughs> Miraculously, it works. <laughs> So inside, I've now, I've now got the hacker man yeah. image in my head. <laughs> I, I roll my eyes and then go to work looking at. Um, I want to. Okay. I want to look at the files. And uh, so within the file structure, you can see that for the most part, within this section of the intranet, it's um, things relating to what the business offers. Um, that tridio um, of shoe. You can see the file for that. I download that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> alongside that, there is a tridio for Bert. There's also one for Kareen. Another one for a man named Asher. You presume to be the man that was dancing in the corner. Yeah. And there isn't one for Vanda, but there is a very, very old um, flyer in the same folder that has a picture of a woman on it that looks like this was possibly Vanda, but it's about 40 years ago. Okay. And for some reason, this has been kept alongside the others, possibly as some sort of like to reminder. Be updated of, at some point. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they were going to make a video, but they thought better of it after taking the footage of Vanda. Yeah. Okay. Is there any way I can just do like a quick, like, oh, just copy paste? On a lot of the stuff. Yep, you can you can dump the files for the uh, for the day to day operations of the uh, the oh, place. I want to do that. Okay, so what what you've got now is you've got stock levels, you've got all the incomings and outgoings from the bar. Hmm. Uh, all of it seems above board though. There's nothing that's immediately like there's no file that's marked people's debts or anything like that. Okay, so maybe going on. Was I there and then we heard about the barman having a debt? I was, wasn't yeah, I? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. He said it. So yeah. So after sort of scanning through and realizing there is no record of that, I'm wondering whether that's on a separate server or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. But so I'm going to copy what I can copy, and then while sort of keeping an eye on the curtain, as if just in case Vanda sort of is, is you know, going to move. Oh, back she's off. she's leaving you to it. She's very much like, it, as yeah. she said, she's gone for a smoke. As far as she's concerned, the job is over. Mm. Maybe when the times ran out, you you've, you had another like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, Maybe when that's I'm... over, she'll pop her head in. But during the time you're doing this, you've got ample opportunity. Yeah. To All I was saying is, like, I'm basically, like, I'm doing it as quickly as possible, and then as soon as I've got what I've got, I'm going to put my deck away and hide it under, under my coat again. Okay. Just to sort of take the opportunity while I can, like, while I've got this room to myself. Cool. So we'll say it took about 10 minutes to get in, quickly scan over those files, get it all copied over to your deck. Mm -hmm. Was there any security camera feeds of the room I was in? Uh, there was no link to any of the security within that part of the file system. Okay. It was just administrative things. All right. Um, okay. That's a thought that I file away for something, a problem to be dealt with at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a rather obvious hack I just did. Um, okay, all right. Well, it's done. So uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, all right. So I put my deck away and just kind of I, I hide myself back under the covers, waiting for Vanders. <laughs> okay, like, so as, it, as if I never left them. A couple of moments later, um, after staying under those slightly damp covers, um, Vanda pops her head back into the room and says, Are "You still sleeping down there, love?" What? Oh, oh, oh! Well, I must have dozed off. Ah, uh, wakey, wakey, rise and shine. And uh, she pulls the curtains back and sort of nods her head to the side while looking at you as if to say, like, 
Time's up. Get out. Okay. Well, thank you very, thank you very much for it. Uh, I'll, I think I'll see what my fellow, uh, my friend is doing. So, uh, thank you very much for, for your time. Huh. It's been a pleasure, love. You come back. I'll tell you the story of Janine next time. Oh well, that sounds that sounds fascinating. Thank oh you. yeah. Well, Art, the dog. Oh, you wouldn't believe the stories. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> You wander back over towards the bar where you find Giles having just finished his conversation with uh, with Bert. Right. <laughs> you want to confer for a moment? Well, I'm uh, I'm back. <laughs> I can see that. How um, was it? I was. It was illuminating. It, right. I certainly learned some new new tricks. <laughs> Kinky. But raises an eyebrow again that half-hearted glass polishing routine is very much a, a sort of cover for listening in on the conversations that are near, happening nearby and he's very clearly like an eye is shot over towards your direction yeah. you you both clocked it because Bert is not very good at discretion right uh, how, about, how about you uh, Charles uh, uh, you, you get up to anything interesting nah not really just uh, sell the bar tabs you know usual oh, stuff well that's very good of you well I do my bit uh, but seeing that you're both kind of like chatting but you don't have a drink and nothing seems to be happening and knowing his job boys can I get you anything else I hold up my still one third full crown reduce go oh, no I'm good thank you I'm still nursing this one <laughs> rolls his eyes looks over at um, Giles well I take it back for you you're not, you're not getting anything else for the rest of the night I don't like the way you were talking to me a few minutes ago no there was me about to give you a nice big tip I'll give I'll give you a tip. Oh, I'd have to pay for that, though, wouldn't I? Yeah, yeah. And he, he kind of looks down because you've got him there, and <laughs> unfortunately, that he doesn't really have a good line for that one. Um, from the corner of the um, one of the corners of the room that doesn't have the pole in it, so close to the bar. Okay. Uh, Dasher comes back out and sees you guys stood there at the bar, locks eyes with Giles again and immediately puts her head down and paces past as fast as he possibly can back out towards the front. I definitely wink as soon as she makes eye contact. Um, noting that wink, she's, yeah, that, that's what makes her double down on the like, I'm going straight past him, not making contact, not making contact, keep going. Okay, like, I, I keep an eye, I just clock what door she came out of. Okay, uh, the door itself, um, it's got a electronic lock on the outside of it. Right. And there is a small window that's got that kind of like metal grating inside of it so okay. it's like you wouldn't be able to just smash it through but you can see through that door if you come close up to it okay but it is conspicuous in a way where like Bert's gonna see you if you go straight over to that door right now hmm yeah no I feel like Sailor's isn't amazing at social situations as you might have noticed but he's not oblivious to like okay this is we need to play this cool here this isn't my first rodeo when it comes to doing pulling jobs and things. Yes. Okay, so I turn back to John and say, well then, uh, if, we, if we just, uh, do you think we should call it a night then? <laughs> oh, it's probably worth it. Uh, you get everything you want out of tonight? Oh yes, sir. Uh, a lot to think about. <laughs> good, good. Some introspection required, I think. <laughs> All right, but we're going to be on our way. It's 50, uh, it's 50 new, new yen for you. Oh, wasn't expecting that. No, no, you weren't, buddy. Look, oh, I'm sorry, I'll get a, uh, Got a short temper, you know. Oh, he certainly does. <laughs> well, he you know, turned this evening around and he quickly pours out a whiskey, slides it across to you. It's on the house. Yeah, it's all yours, mate. I, I shouldn't, but, well, if you're going to give me 50, then under the table and all that. No, oh, you're a gent. But quickly glances towards Vander, who is far too absorbed in a cigarette to have noticed what's going on, and he kind of like quickly he looks at you like, drink it. <laughs> Down it instantly. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, guys, don't wake uh, up with a hangover. <laughs> can I expect to see you guys again? Oh well, we, we had quite a nice time, didn't we? Uh, might be back in at some point, I think. Yeah, it's quite possible. We're in town for a couple of days, so see how it goes. All right. Well, I'll, I'll see you next time then. Yeah, have a have a good evening, Bert. <laughs> Hopefully, business picks up for you. Mm, well, I'll be here for a while yet. And he kind of goes back to polishing the glass. Sailor, yeah. so, uh, you got a pen? Pen? What do I need a pen for? Have you got a pen? It's a simple enough question. Oh, yes, I've always got a pen. Wonderful. Uh, give of, it here for a sec. What kind of gentleman doesn't carry a pen? I love my pen. <laughs> um, just grab a napkin, write my number on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
the coin in. Let's go. I have my pen back first. As you head back, oh, let's <laughs> say you're walking along as you're doing this. Yeah. Sure, you are. Thank you. Uh, as you're passing by, Shu looks over to the two of you and crestfallen because he recognised the fact that he's not getting paid tonight. He just, again, you see his shoulders shrug. Might try you on tomorrow, buddy. Don't you worry. I'll fit you in. He yells after you with a, a look of renewed hope on his face. Shoes up and down, like he's he's absolutely like he goes on from off. the bottom to the top as as quick as you could say. <laughs> uh, so you you make your way back out through the uh, the club. Uh, the the male dancer is still going on his thing. Kareen is slowly turning as you pass by, and you see a small what it seems to be a tear in her eye, but you keep going, uninterested clearly. <laughs> Uh, back at the front door. That's all rather depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta take the highs with the lows. <laughs> Let me know when we hit one of them highs. <laughs> yeah. no, you, got, you got regaled with these tenders. Yeah, that I was did. a good time with Vander. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> at a bargain. Yeah. It was cheap. Same price. Cheaper half price. Same price as a whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. This is, a, this is an expensive club. They, it's, it's got one of those weird rates where it's like you get in the door and suddenly you're in a hell zone of like weird oh, menus yeah. and unusual deals and <laughs> all kinds of things. <laughs> so anyway, you're getting out towards the door. Um, as you're approaching the entrance, you can see that um, Dasher is sort of looking down at a notepad with the Barker and she's pointing at things while the Barker's nodding and agreeing with whatever she's telling him. Right. Uh, so, what do you want to do as you approach? You are, darling. Uh, here you go. I'm just going to hand over the napkin. One number over to Dasha. She, she doesn't take it. The Barker looks over at you with a look on his face. Is like, what the fuck are you doing right now? Like, what, what the hell do you think you're doing, messing with this woman? You could both come if you want. I don't mind. He snatches the napkin out of your hand, looks at it for a second, shows it to Dasha. Dasha looks down at it, snatches it out of his hand as quickly as she possibly can, and then looks at you with a look of, I can't believe this is happening, but yes. <laughs> and sort of gives you a wink and a sly smile. I'm gonna uh, wink and then uh, like blow her a kiss just as we're walking past. She catches it. <laughs> The best. And and she does like a really slow hand coil thing, like to like to catch it. It's it's not like a quick snatch. It's a very slow, meaningful. Like I will treasure this. This is honest. Like I'm not gonna open my hand until I see you again, because I need to keep this in here. <laughs> Maybe I'll see you later, darling. And uh, she she nods and kind of like in a perfunctory way where she's kind of hoping you keep talking to her she kind of like goes back to pointing at things on the on the list i uh i try and sort of slip past without getting patted down uh yep she she's yeah. far too that was in, my hope in, on that. <laughs> engaged with all of this they to didn't pat us down on the way in but i definitely have a computer strapped to my back yeah she, they're <laughs> oblivious they didn't yeah. notice anything they uh, on the way in they took you for nothing on the yeah. way out you weren't even noticed that that was far too giles <laughs> has just overpowered this situation there was my distraction <laughs> that's it <laughs> Okay, so from there, do you want to just head straight back to the Giants Inn? I want to have a walk round the back. Okay, right. Um, which way do you want to go, left or right? So we're coming out of the front of the building. Big warehouse type thing. So we've got tall, two-story walls. Mm -hmm. Like the whole wall is two-story. Yeah. Either side. Do you want to go left or right? Uh, right. Okay, so you're going to go right. Uh, you come up to the corner and you can see the security camera is pointing down directly over the space that you're going to be travelling past. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no gate to stop you doing this, Yeah. but it's clear that the area is monitored. Okay. Do you want to keep going? I think maybe I want to walk past, so I'm not completely going around the back. Like, So I'm okay. almost like I'm just... I'm going to take a wider route round, if that makes so sense. So you're edging, let's say, the, the car park that I described earlier. The front step of the building yep. leads onto the car park so you're just going to keep kind of walking around the edge of the car park as opposed to going you're going to go what, what's either side of the the giant sin um you've got a small narrow passageway and then fencing bushes and it's kind of like you've got two walkways that just go behind the building but be just past that is like fields let's say like it, okay. it's it's like trees and fields and shrubbery and stuff there's nothing actually like there's no more building right 
in those yeah, directions. Yeah, I think. I think um, having clocked that the security system was separate from the main computer, uh, Salus has got a bit of an idea that maybe it's a bit more beefy than than just like your regular kind of nightclub. Mm -hmm. So I think I'd rather almost walk through the fields. Okay. and have a look from a distance just at what the layout of it is. Okay, so... The, the, trying to avoid appearing on camera, sort of thing. The car <laughs> quite, park at the front... cognizant of the fact that he's already appeared on camera. <laughs> in a different setting. Like, yeah, like, but like... In, not in any of the suspicious locations. You were on the camera, but you're just coming into the building. But I was doing something fairly suspicious well, on my deck when I was on the inside. There was no camera in the boudoir. Was there not? Okay, no. I just assumed there was. No, no, the okay. there was... I guess I should have described, but there was in the main walkway there were cameras, but the boudoirs themselves, okay, as as private as they could be, given the the um, curtains across the front. So when the curtains were pulled back, certain angles might have been able to have been seen by the cameras that were inside, but when they're pulled across, oh, okay, right. I, I was being a bit paranoid there, and I was thinking like maybe this is being all secretly filmed, and it's it's not quite that. CD. Okay. All right. Okay. That, that's actually. This, this is a place that wants return custom, and it's not necessarily going to be like, as much as they do handle higher level clientele, they're mm. not necessarily in the blackmail business. And probably not in Vander's room anyway. Certainly not in Vander's <laughs> room. <probably>. Okay. <laughs> and so then they're probably going to delete the uh, the recordings of the stories that she might tell to the yeah. Occasion okay. Person. Yeah. No. I was just being a bit paranoid that uh, like I I <laughs> as soon as she left, I whipped out my deck, hacked into all their stuff, and then immediately as soon as I finished, went. Like, oh. as if I was turning to the right, and there's just a camera right there. You know. Just a blinking light. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay, okay, so... That's actually a bit of a weight off my mind. <laughs> so in front of the uh, the giant sin is the car park itself. Let's say it's about a 50 space one, so you've got a vague sense of, like, a size. Yep. Square shape in front of the building. There's not really a good path up to it. It's more like the, this place is basically... a adapted warehouse. I'm kind of picturing the staples in Bournemouth. Kind of like that, yeah. 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 So if you want to go further around from the edge of the car park to get around to the edge of the building, there is a large fence. It's a two-story fence, the same as mm. same height as the building. But so I you're not going to be able it, to... Right? Yeah. You're, yeah. you're going to be able to see through it, but you won't be able to cross this fence without some equipment or doing something to the fence to get rid of it. That's fine for now, I think. Uh, okay, so... Um, it takes about 10 minutes to get to the end of the fencing that you need to so that you can get around it and into mm -hmm. the shrubbery. Um, it's quite a densely, like, shrubbery, kind of, like, overgrown area. So, I feel like... Uh, are you yeah. both going to take this trip around the back of the building? Uh, are you both going together? Or? That's a good question. Giles, I, th I want to get a good look at the back of the building. I feel like if that way through to the office is the only our only option, I... It's, uh, that's going to be rather tricky, isn't it? The... Nah, it'll be alright, we can do it, don't worry. Keep your head low and we'll both go. Well, let, let's go have a look. I want to have a look at the back of the building. I mean, there must be a goods in entrance or something. Yeah, let's go have a look. Alright, well, follow me. Okay. So, uh, stepping into this densely shrubbed area, um, it's quite heavy going. It takes quite a long time making progress forwards because it's dark, it's the middle of the night, there's mm -hmm. the sounds of insects, there's hints of wildlife nearby, things moving. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> and as you're approaching the... Uh, so warm. ...where the fence is... Yeah, it really is. As you're approaching the fence, you spot that the ground becomes very thickly laden with thorn bushes and brambles. Yeah. Um, if you're going to cross through this... It's either going to be a slightly painful route forward, or you're going to have to do something about those brambles to make any progress. From here, though, you can see an amount of light coming through the fence that you can see. It, it's going to take you about another ten paces to be able to get close enough to the fence to really pull back what's growing on it yeah. and see what's past it. But you can see lights. You can see the vague outline of a door. Mm -hmm. um, you can see that there's a couple of windows next to this. Right. There are vents. And... Looking above the um, the fence line, just through the kind of trees, you can see that there's steam coming from a vent Okay. Uh, at the back of the building. So, what do you want to do? Hmm. Well, I want to get a good look. So, like I say, we've got this vague outline. Mm -hmm. I do, yeah, I kind of want to try and sort of push my way through the brambles a little bit, if I can, but like carefully, because I don't want to get cut up. I've got a knife. I've got like several knives on me so I can just cut through the brown. Oh, yeah. Right, okay then. Well, we, we will say that that's what you do. Jobbly chop. Being very light on the rolling here. I'm, I'm really yeah, not no, forcing it's, my I don't know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, 
we haven't done too many we, things yeah. I feel that would require yeah that's it and I'm, I'm sort of asking myself now is like this isn't like magical fucking thorn bushes or anything no, I don't feel like you're going to have a hard time taking <laughs> yeah. your knife and basically cutting a very like it takes you about 20 minutes it's not a quick job because you've obviously got to put your hands into the brambles find the nice spots where you can get your hand sort of like a grip and then start sawing away at it yeah but um, you've got the technology with you so you've got a small light whether it's on your deck or otherwise if you yeah. want to describe that you you provide lighting so that yeah I've got like a low kind of like not like a camera flash but like just enough to kind of like I'm thinking like it's like you're holding your mobile yeah essentially the top yeah yeah because <laughs> so, I don't want people to be able to see us but just enough so that um, Giles can see what he's doing so Giles has kneeled down and he or knelt down and he's soaring away at this stuff takes about 15 to 20 minutes and in that time you can hear that there's movement at the back of the building there's people coming and going from one of the back doors and there's an indication of another route out from that back area that you couldn't see from the front um it's a footfall it's a footpath Mm -hmm. that leads where you've gone right out of the front entrance it goes left the area that you've just passed around in order to get to this rear area of the building you can see that the walkway at the back of this building leads in that direction and that there is a cut into the wooded area, the kind of brambles and what have you, that has definitely got a path going toward into that place, but surely, having come from that direction, yeah, you would we, have seen where that path was. We, we would have crossed over it. But you didn't. Yeah. So that okay. begs a question. Okay. Um, after 10-15 minutes of soaring away, cutting through, getting a few brambles in your hands here and there, you manage to get through and you'll get close enough to the fence so that you can pull back a few of the leaves and what have you. It's brightly lit back there though, so you're going to be quite careful about how much you're removing here. Maybe yeah, enough I so think that you we can need to, sort of peek an eye through. Keep this as stealthy as yeah. possible. I just need to be able to have a look without having to, you know, trash everything. <laughs> yeah. So you can see path that was obscured from where you were leads into a dip you can see that it goes downwards as it heads towards the the brambles and what have you and seemingly drops off hmm that's interesting yes that's very interesting um you don't see a lot of this sort of uh, strange uh can you see any any cameras I feel yes. like you'd be better at seeing this than that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a look around. I'll, I'll answer see. the question, yes. Yeah. Uh, there is one camera. You can now see that the um, the door that I was describing before, you can quite clearly see that this is the um, stock entrance. This is mm-hmm. where they're going to be bringing barrels through for the booze and what have you. Um, it's got a camera hanging over the top of it, blinking light, very clearly in operation. Uh, there are two windows next to this door. One of them is opaque with a silver lining reflective. Right. The other one isn't. Uh, it appears as though it's been freshly installed. Right. Next to it is a vent with the steam coming out of it. And as you look, as I said, uh, I've already described the dip off down the path. Um, yeah. And that's really all that's back there. There's, there's okay. a few um, trays, um, pallets, that kind of stuff. Thing, things that are just like signs that this is where stock yeah, comes yeah. through. Can we see anything through the uh, non-opaque window? Um, from the angle that you're at and with it being night time you can't really make much out okay um, you can see that it's an office though that there's the outline of a desk a table there's perhaps the hint of some kind of workstation okay alright but beyond that no not hmm. from this distance ideally I'd want to well this is the thing is it <laughs> what happens if I get in there and it's the same workstation that I already hacked remotely from the uh... yeah Hmm. This gives us a few more options other than rushing our way through the bar. Getting any signals around here? That's a very good question. I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just sort of surreptitiously sort of scanned for any extra Wi-Fi stuff. Uh, no, there's nothing extra. Okay. Hmm. Whatever network they've got running is very much closed. Yeah, okay. Well, do you think we should head back to the, uh, the Giants Inn and... Uh, I've got quite a lot of data to go through, but um, we need to regroup. Maybe we need to talk to um, the woman who runs the clinic in the morning and find out uh, what her side of the problem, her side of the story is. I mean, it doesn't really matter what her problem is. We just need to sort this out, right? Well, yes, but we, we might, she might have some details that Tommy didn't. Uh, to be fair, he didn't particularly seem all that helpful, given that he hired us. 
I know, strange that, isn't it? Bit of a prick. Yes. <laughs> All right, and let's go back. Yes, I need to. I need to wash myself. <laughs> okay. <Kinky. laughs> okay, so you saunter back down the road towards the uh, the Giants Inn. Um, there are a few people, the ones that you saw out in the street earlier, cavorting ever so slightly. Yeah. One or two of them are in the gutter now. The uh, the gentlemen on the corners, there's only one or two of them left. It seems like perhaps they've done their business for the evening. And hmm. as you wander in, wander into the uh, towards the bar, you head are you heading to the front or the back? I think the back entrance. Yep, back entrance again. You get close up to the back entrance and bang on the door. Tommy comes through to the back. It's about two o'clock in the morning now. It's taken a while doing everything at the yeah, club and then getting there and early. back and what have you. Um, Tommy comes to the door, wiping his eyes. Bloody old guys, you took your time, didn't you? Uh, yes. Come on, what did you get up to then? You got you got good news for me? And he welcomes you in through the door as he's saying this. We're, uh, well, we're, we're making some progress, I, I think. Um, uh, what do you know? Well, uh, no shoe can fit us in, for one thing, but... Um, bloody shoe. <laughs> I've seen that bloody video a thousand bloody times. Same line every time. <laughs> that's how that's how tridios work, isn't it? Well, no. I mean, the other ones they've all got like a variety. That guy he says the same bloody thing every time. <laughs> Catchphrase comedy. <laughs> mm. um, well, we, we've got a we've got a, a place we can check out that seemed to be rather secret. I couldn't get into all of their data files, so. Uh, oh, hacking and all that. I'm glad I hired you. If that's what you're getting up, so I can do that. I am all about the decking, yo. Right. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't know quite what to tell you about that, but yeah. And he turns to Giles, expecting a slightly more sensible conversation out of him. So it's all going well then, mate, yeah? I haven't punched anyone yet, so I guess so. Hmm, well, I guess it's a start. You don't want to be drawing too much attention. All right, well, I'm going to get my head back down, and as you enter into the bar through the stock room, you see that... Um, the old chap, the barfly, he's still there, and he's still staring at that beer. He's not moved an inch at all, and he doesn't acknowledge you as you come back. Does it look like the same beer? It's a, um, not necessarily, but it's hard to tell. It's got enough froth in it that it could be fresh. All right, I'm okay. just gonna <laughs> poke him. <laughs> just joking, you still wait. His, his eyes shudder from left to right, as if he was perhaps asleep, but hadn't like closed his eyes or anything. You know, you could just go home, right? Home. No. And Tommy. Holy shit, it was an actual word. Tommy kind of rests his hand on your shoulder and goes, This is his bloody home, mate. Oh. I told you, it's really hard times in this town. I've got to look out for the last few. And he kind of. There's an air about him as he says this to you, like, It's two o'clock in the morning. I really don't want to get into this now. I didn't want to get into it anyway. Bed. <laughs> Alright boys, off you go. And uh, Tommy takes his perch behind the bar and he sort of leans on his... He puts a fist against his head and leans facing towards the front door with one hand under the table. So he's he's sleeping at the bar. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's different. And, uh, and he sort of waves you guys. He sees you going up the stairs up towards like your bedroom and he waves you on. Yeah. Sees that you're looking back at him as, as if to say, like, are you going to stay there? And he's like, yeah. See ya. Okay. Uh, well, the first thing I do is check if my gun is still there. Uh, yeah, nothing's moved. Uh, okay. you, you go to your door. As I said, it was locked when you left. There's, yeah. there's no indication of anybody having come through. Nobody's messed with any of your stuff. Right, well, that's good. Um, that was a worry. Um, okay, and the second thing I do is jump in the shower. <laughs> the you wash like, off the night's skin. Yeah, the moistness of the, the sheets and things in... Um, it's not a word you want on sheets, is it? No, no. It, it, Vander's boudoir is not, um, wasn't the ideal, uh, I did, you know, <laughs> it wasn't nice. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you clean yourself off and sort yourself out. Is Giles going to do anything to, to sort of prep for bed or is he the type to just plonk his head down? Yeah, literally, literally just kind of like full space first onto the bed and goes to sleep. Like there's not even any, it's clear that nothing troubles him enough to keep him up at night. <laughs> just, uh, and that's, that's it, just die. He, he does check his phone, I guess, phones. What's yeah, the device? yeah, yeah. Electronic yeah. device, uh, just to see if um, Dash is called at all. 
Um, there is a message from Dasher. There's a, uh, it's, it's a variety of, they're not quite emojis because time has gone on and like the technology's moved they're forward. They're just they're all, e emos now. Like they're, they're all animated. They're, they're all proper ni nice little cartoon heads and things doing things. And she sent you a heart exploding, um, a picture of a person blowing a kiss, um, a, a wrench, <laughs> and some uh, a, like a lug nut that's spinning around. <laughs> so I tighten her nuts. That's what that's what's on the message. Cool. Uh, she's, she's gonna wrench your nuts off. Cool. But in a good way. <laughs> There's only a good way, AJ. Come on. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll I'll send her um, a winky emoji and a blow kiss emoji and a eggplant. It's always an eggplant, right? <laughs> Double eggplant. Double eggplant. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, just fall asleep. Before you can fall asleep, Dasha takes you back. Clearly, her fingers are like lightning, having witnessed what you've sent back. Um, this time, it's three exploding heart emojis and two. Um, I love that you're going into two this. aubergines. <laughs> And, and then an exclamation point and a calendar. Is the aubergine the um, <laughs> the, 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 the counterpart to the eggplant and emoji? Aubergine, eggplant, same thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna rather than sending emojis, I'll just put. Uh, oh, what should we do? I feel like having her out of the way would be really good. Like having her out of away from the bar, if possible. Yeah. If we're gonna be going back there. Well, she sent you a calendar, so she's asking for a yeah, date. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or at the very so least, she's asking for a date, basically. Yeah. So a fuck appointment. I'm wondering if it wouldn't be a good idea for me to distract her while you go and get the information. I mean, if that's what your guy's good at. <laughs> Is that and punching stuff? Say <laughs> uh, this. What time are we go back tomorrow? Well, uh, are we going straight back, or will we talking to the clinic owner? We can do that, yeah, but what time in the evening will we, will we be checking out the place? I reckon I could distract Dasher. If you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. I don't think you do. <laughs> what kind of time do you reckon we'll be back at the club? Well, so as soon as it gets dark, I think. I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to go into the club myself. If you can keep uh, Dasher busy, um, I'm going to try and sneak around and see where that passageway went uh, around the back. Cool. If you, know, um, if you know what I mean. No, oh, I do. <laughs> I don't think you do. No, probably not. Uh, <laughs> I look back at the phone. I'm going to text uh, Dasha back with uh, just rather than anything else, just tomorrow night, and then like so, like a sunset. Nine thirty. No, like literally just words. Tomorrow night, nine thirty, like front of the bar or something. So I'll literally go and pick her up basically from work. Okay. You immediately get a message back within like ten seconds of you having sent that. Uh, again, two exploding hearts, and <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, how do you speak? You don't even know what emojis are. I, I, <laughs> I still use smileys with uh, <laughs> with brackets and uh, punctuation. That's that is I a use. big old mood. <laughs> um, we so, yeah. used MSN Messenger, we don't use yeah, like, yeah. And they were emoticons, not emojis. Yeah, I got as far as using that sound effect where Hank Hill goes, Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, oh, that's, that's as far as I That's went. a callback. <laughs> that really is. <laughs> a deep cut. Um, yeah, oh. so it's, it's an exploding heart and a couple of crosses. And that, that's all that's on this okay. one. Cool. Just going to crucify your nuts. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, and then I pass out. Okie doke. So you both go to bed then? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so you sleep through. Are you, let's say, are you heavy sleepers, light sleepers? When do you think you're I, likely to be getting I, I think Sailor's used to be a heavy sleeper back when he didn't have a lot to worry about. But <laughs> since this lone thing with the Mackenzie brothers, he's become a light sleeper. Okay. Uh, Giles is a very heavy sleeper. But he's also one of those people that he is either he is either asleep or he is awake or he is awake. Okay. There is like literally no middle ground with him. So he, the second he wakes up, he's just bolt upright, ready for the day. Okay, then. So we'll we'll say that um, Silas wakes up at about seven ish. Let's say he gets about five hours in. It's it's around half two. It's so a, let's say you, sleep, you yeah. get about five hours. It's it's not ideal, but whatever. 
So, and you're going to wake up an hour later, Giles. So, is there anything you want to do in that hour, or do you want to just have the time pass? And uh, I want to go down to breakfast. Okay, doke. So, you're going to head downstairs. I do. Um, Tommy's still behind the bar, and he's kind of half awake, like, picking peanuts out of a packet of peanuts in front of him. Um, the barfly is still sat there, completely fixed in place. He's just—he seems like a statue almost. Good morning, Tommy. Good morning, Barry. <laughs> morning, morning. Uh, Barry doesn't react. Well, well, I wasn't expecting him to really. <laughs> but um... uh, morning. All right, mate. You're up early, aren't you? Oh, uh, I, don't, I don't sleep. Uh, I don't sleep much. Oh, things on your mind? No, I just. Well, yes, but that's not, not really your business. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, all right, fine. So touchy, I love it. <laughs> um, I was just wondering if you had anything to eat. Uh, Tommy looks around the bar and kind of looks down at his packet of peanuts and then reaches up just over his right shoulder and pulls down another packet of peanuts off the wall and just chucks them at you. Dry roasted. Oh, oh. <laughs> he dry roasted chucks them at him. <laughs> I kind of fumble with the catch. <laughs> A bit. <laughs> okay. Do you uh, want to roll for it? I don't, do you want me to roll for it? Nah, nah, it's not a fun one if you get it wrong. <laughs> That's a fucking hilarious roll. Oh, the peanuts are on the floor. <laughs> what will we do? There's some hardcore rule hammer gaming going on here. Oh, yeah. He throws peanuts at you. Roll. Roll for sleep. <laughs> the peanuts explode. Critical fit. Make a dexterity check to see if you catch your breakfast. You, rem- you remember you're allergic to peanuts and you die. I was going to say critical fail, you develop an allergy. <laughs> I'm allergic to seafood. <laughs> Yeah, so it's viable, but there's yeah. no seafood here. So yeah, you've got a packet of peanuts, and uh, Tommy kind of goes back to like, well, eat that if you like. I mean, that's all I got, and he goes back to nibbling his peanuts. I, I kind of look at them and as if to say, like, I was really rather hoping there'd be some kind of actual breakfast, <laughs> but um, I don't really, I don't. I kind of look at them for a second, and then just at Tommy, who I realise is that's all he's having as well. So he's quite clearly not holding back anything from me. No. Like if he had, if I'd have walked down and he had a big plate of food in front of him, and then was like, "There you go, eat your peanuts, you fucker." Um, <laughs> that would have been another story. But um, yeah, I just sort of go, oh, well, th- thank you. Uh, I go back up to the room to just sit forlornly on the end of my bed eating peanuts for breakfast. <laughs> oh, what an image. Okay, so uh, Giles wakes up, spots you eating peanuts. What do you want to do? Can I have a couple of those? No, oh, he's got bagged them downstairs, but all, all right, he. All right, come on in. Uh, I... Let's go see Bonnie. Uh, you didn't want the peanuts. Okay. I'm sure we could find something better than peanuts out on the fucking streets. Oh, I don't doubt that. Not literally out on the fucking streets, <laughs> but you know. To be honest, probably these are bloody awful peanuts. How do you fuck up a peanut? That's not a joke. <laughs> I'll see you. I know what you're like. Don't try and be funny. I'm joking. Oh, you know I love you. You go for it, son. Son. <laughs> a bit much. <sighs> you know I love you. You go for it, mate. <laughs> um, okay, so what do you... Are you yeah, just going to head downstairs then? Yeah, I actually got to bring my gun with me this time. Like, back at the trousers. Okay, so it's concealed. Yeah. Not the front. I'm not just walking out like, right, going out. <laughs> <laughs> Okie doke. Um, Rocking out with your Glock out. Right, well, as you head down the stairs, um, it's now 8.30ish in the morning. Um, Tommy has finished his peanuts. The the packet is empty on the surface. Uh, Barry is ever so slightly swaying now. There's an indication that he's conscious. Right. Um, Just as you're getting down to the bottom of the stairs, the front door of the pub opens, and in walks Bonnie. She walks in and goes... Hello, Tommy. Hello, Barry. And Tommy goes, Oh, Bonnie! And his eyes light up. His focus goes 100% to her. He's not noticed the fact that you guys have just come down the stairs. He's got a bit of a crush on her then. Something like that. Possibly. I'm beginning to sense his motivations behind hiring us to... She walks over to the bar. Says says the man who got tucked in and told him about EastEnders. (laughs) That was part of the mission. (laughs) I haven't told Giles what went on behind this the This is very curtain. true. <laughs> true, true. I, I'm ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> that you haven't told me or that it happened? That it happened. <laughs> so, uh, Bonnie walk, walks further into the pub. Straight, you're kind of off to the side at an angle where, like, the stairs you've come down, she's eyes fixed on Tommy, Tommy's on her, you're coming in from the side. So okay. neither of them have really noticed that you're there and you're witnessing her walk into the bar with a big smile on her face. Oh, morning, Tommy. How's it going? How's the, how's the business going? 
He says, oh, you know what it's like around here, love. Oh, it's pretty bloody awful, but when you walk in here, it's like a ray of bloody sunshine. She says, oh, you're too kind. She walks over to Barry, and she's got a bag with her, which she opens up, and she says, hello, Barry, how are we doing today? He kind of goes, oh, I, I, I'm okay, Bonnie. It's the most you've seen out of him so far. That yeah. He's managed an actual sentence. It's practically a speech. But he's not moved at all. He's still facing forwards. And says, you've not drank too much now, have you, Barry? You've had, you, you're keeping an eye on what you're doing here. And she starts clearly fawning over him a little bit and trying to take care of this guy. Mm. And Tommy's watching over this with a look in his eye of like, this is, this is why I've hired these guys. So, what do you guys want to do? Though? I feel like any questioning would have been better without Tommy here um, like any questions we might have asked about you know oh hi you know, we heard you were in some trouble with that or whatever if we've got Tommy looking over us he's going to be he might you know it might almost be sort of like a bit awkward that's right I can do this well let's <laughs> say that as, you, as you're walking from the door Tommy hears just enough movement that he kind of looks over towards the two of you hmm. And he shoots a glance as if to say, discretion. Right? Uh, Gives you a look like, don't, don't, we're not here talking business right now. Let's keep it nice. Right, okay. Are you not going to introduce us, Tommy? All right, lads. Um, uh, Bonnie, Bonnie. These lads here, they're just lodgers. Uh, I mean, they were, he's already, you heard him, he wants an introduction. This one is Giles, this, this rough looking one. And this one's Celis. I think you mean rugged. That's what one might put in it. And it kind of shoots you a look that's like, now is not the time to be picking fault with what I'm saying. Let's just... I wink at him. He rolls his eyes. <laughs> and he turns back towards Salas. And, and this one's Salas. Oh, well, nice to meet you. <laughs> Bonnie smiles warmly towards both of you, but is very clearly more in interested in what she's doing with Barry. Yeah. Oh, morning, boys. You are, darling. How's it going? Oh, it's all right. I'm, I'm just doing my rounds. I'm, I'm just I pop in every morning to say hello to Barry, make sure he's okay. And uh, it's always nice to see Tommy as well. He, he always tries to treat me nice, as rough as it is around here. Oh, yeah. What do you do? Oh, I, I work in the local clinic. In fact, I, I run it. I mean, it's it's really my clinic. Oh, wow. That's amicable. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I do what I can. And she kind of clearly is like lost in thought for a moment as she considers what it is that she's been doing. What's the matter, darling? You look like something's troubling you. Tommy shoots you a glance again. It's the raised eyebrow of like, where are we going here? But he's not going to say anything yet. And um, she... She kind of focuses in all the more with what she's doing to Barry, but talks to you still and says, Well, I've, I've been running the place by myself for quite a long time now. This, this place, when I got here... Um, I, I visited with some friends, they dragged me along and I saw what was going on and it's just rough. I, I, I could, I've come from the city, I've come from quite a well-to-do background in fact, and I, I've, I've arrived here and it was all too much for me to take. I, I, I'm not friends with those people anymore that I came with, they, they went off to the giant sin and had some kind of good time I guess, but that's, I realised that's not for me. And well I, I thought what can I do and I took my parents money they're both gone now and the family home back back in the city I, I sold up and I came out here and it's been about a decade now that I've been working here and mostly it's Barry that I kind of come around and keep an eye on and there's the local kids and families and what have you the, the sort of hangers-on and stragglers that have stuck around they're on hard times around here and I've been keeping an eye for as I say about 10 years and well t times are hard you're not doing well out of that, then? Well, it's not like I'm going to get paid now, is it? And I'm and I'm not here to be paid. That's not the point. No, Maybe. but, you know, you need money to run things, don't you? It is quite a small village as well. It can't be much in the way of, uh, well, custom. You'd be surprised with the, the amount of footfall that comes through here. I mean, there's obviously, like, there's the people that work at the club, and I, I do pop in there from time to time and make sure that they're looked after, and there's, that's a whole other set of problems. You can imagine I've got a lot to think about with them. Uh, and different type of medicine. I would well, that, that's it. And, I mean, I, it's not a pleasure to work in this town, but like I say, they need me, and, and I'm dedicated. And, uh, yeah, well, I don't know what to tell you, boys. I, I, I'm... 
I don't want to go too far into talking about this, and it's very clear that she's becoming distracted from what she's doing with Barry now, and she's finishing up quite rapidly. Like she's she's pulled up her jacket arm, and it's quite clear that he's got an infection of some sort under one of there, and she's been yeah. looking after it and tending it, cleaning it, and what have you, and is just about wrapping up, and her hands are shaking visibly a little bit as she's talking now. Mm. Uh, I'm going to hand her a medikit because I've got several on me. And what is up with all, darling? She glances over for the first time properly in your direction and is taken aback ever so slightly at your appearance but then sees the medikit in your hand it, it wasn't because you were handsome I fucking was you were, you were a small man with a big leather <laughs> for the sake of listeners he mouths because I'm handsome it's like no not because you're I meant handsome. the character not yeah. me yeah the character <laughs> it's not because he's handsome it's because he's a rough looking sort and she's Rugged. very much she didn't know who she was talking to quite uh, but she sees the, the voice definitely doesn't hands. give it away <laughs> well this is a rough town like, there's, a, there's a lot of footfall and what have you you never know a lot of people talk with a lot of different accents. You can't judge a person just by that. End of episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's the moral of the story. Don't judge me dun, on my dun, accents. Dun, dun. We all learned something today. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Our next episode, the third part of our Shadowrun storyline, will be available, as usual, in two weeks' time, on Thursday the 27th of September. In the meantime, you can get in contact with us on Twitter and Facebook, both of which we are at Pretend With Dice. You can also email us at pretendingwithdice at outlook.com. If you're an iTunes user, it'd be really great if you could leave us a rating and review. Uh, it all helps us to find new listeners, and we'd just love to hear what you all think of the podcast. Uh, so for now, that's our show. I hope you all enjoyed it. We'll see you next time. <laughs>